When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance and joined now by David Kaplan, co-host, of course, of Cap and J. Hood on ESPN 1000. Cap, Cap. I mean... Uh, Going into the playoffs, I guess my biggest issue with the Bulls is Vucevic can't defend, and you have a team full of real nice guys, but maybe you need a little more dog in there. And, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from that game one loss? I thought they got better defensively than we've seen down the stretch. But look, Vuce had 24 and 17. I thought he battled hard. Wish he'd have made the layup late to get it to one. You can't be shooting 10 threes and go two for 10 and then have your two best scores go a combined 12 for 44 or whatever the heck they were. Um, they're just not a good enough team. I'm happy they battled. Milwaukee's not going to shoot that poorly, and you can't be shooting what the Bulls shot. So, again, Vooch, he battles. He's a, he's a nice piece to have on your team. You're not good enough. But, Cap, can't you sit here and say, I mean – Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vooch shot combined 21 for 71. 21 for 71. DeMar DeRozan, a guy who is a mid-range master, had a lackluster performance yesterday. And they still had a legitimate chance to steal one. So it still makes me feel slightly confident. But that should have been the game they should have got last night. That's that's why I'm disappointed. They should have got that one last night. No question they should have, Jay. Absolutely. But the problem is, I don't think Milwaukee's going to shoot that poorly. I don't think Giannis is going to be sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter in foul trouble. And by the way, that's an awful call on Patrick Williams. That's an over-the-back. Oh, over-the-back, yeah. I'm talking about the the over-the-back on Giannis. That should have been his sixth, and he's out of the ballgame. I'm not sure if that changes the end result. Uh, The one on Zach, that was a charge. That was a great job by Chris Middleton. But – I just don't think Milwaukee's going to shoot that poorly. Do the Bulls steal one? Okay, maybe game three they win. But they're not beating that team, and they have a lot of work to do to get to that level. David Kaplan, co-host of Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. Chicago joined us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. So, Cap, you didn't see anything that gave you hope that the Bulls can win this series at all. Uh, I saw a better defense key. I did. I thought they did a really nice job after the initial punch in the mouth at walling off the ability to get down the lane and play downhill. I thought they did a better job. Uh, I thought Kobe White actually gave them a spark, which I thought was one of the keys to the series, that if they're going to be in this thing, that he's got to make some threes. I just don't think they're a good enough team. Uh, When Jay was in town last time, he and I sat and talked, and I agree with him. You have to have it. Max said it at the start. You got to add some 
dog mentality where I don't care if that's my mom guarding me. I'm running her over. I'm getting to the basket. I'm finding a way to win. I don't care if you've been out all night. I don't care if you had no sleep. You don't feel good. I'm going to find a way to win. And I just don't think the Bulls are at that point yet. Cap, can I just tell you, the player I love watching more than anything, I mean, Alex Caruso, single-handedly in the fourth quarter, he makes so many plays. And I know he doesn't have the sex appeal that Zach Levine does or Vooch, but I I wish there were more players with that type of mentality on this team. Completely agree. Now, a year ago at this time, they're not a playoff team. They don't have a ton of talent. And nobody saw Crusoe Ball and DeRozan coming. So I believe AK, Arturis, Karnaschovas, and Mark Eversley have that aggressive gene. They're going to go out and make a move. I know you've been saying Rudy Gobert. I just don't know how you make the money work to get a deal where you're not gutting your team. But there's going to be somebody out there that's going to look at this situation and go, all right, the Bulls are back. I'm, I can go in there and help push them to the next level. That's where it's got to get to. But winning this series, eh, no shot. So Vucevic is, I've always thought, Cap, as a guy who's like as good as you can get before you get to the elite guys, right? But that's really mm-hmm. offensively. Defensively, I think he can be exploited. And then you think about guys like Zach Levine and, and, and DeMar DeRozan, like a bunch of nice guys. And I want to focus instead of like just not just X's and O's, but like on the bigger picture, someone with dog in them, right? So I look around the league and think, who might be available? And here's one stupid idea, but I, I'd like to talk about it anyway. What about Jimmy Butler? Why do you keep bringing because up Because I know it's redundant and no, all that. No. But, but I, it's, no. Okay, why do you say no like that? I don't think he's great for culture. I really don't. That That's my opinion. I don't think he would be a good fit here. And what are you giving up to get him? You're bringing another mid-range guy in here and getting rid of your Vucevic, your one legitimate scorer at 6'11"? Yeah, the, the only thing is the defense. Like, the thing about the Gobert, right, how do you make the money work, right? But it does seem to me that that's a place where the Bulls are vulnerable. Defense at the five. And, I don't and, and then also, and then also you brought nothing. it up. Can't, Cap, you brought it up in the past many times. Like, you need a little more something in there. Some, a little more, not fight, because the, the guys play hard, but a, like a jerk. You need a jerk on the team. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Jimmy Butler's not that guy. Now, if you told me Jimmy Butler was a seven-foot intimidator, <laughs> okay, that's a different type of guy. I don't need another mid-range guy. No chance. If, if Lonzo was healthy and ready to go, how would that affect this series, Cap? Uh, I think it would certainly help because he was shooting 40% from three. He's the lead guard. Like, you didn't see much of Io DeSumo last night. Io's not ready to play in the playoffs at that level with a shortened rotation. It'll give you a little bit, but, you know, there are people in town I'm listening last night or looking on social. Why is Io not starting and getting 30 30- He's not ready to play at that level yet. They they are who they are. It's so nice to have them relevant again. I had an amazing winter rolling home from work every day going, <laughs> I got a Bulls game tonight, and it was fun. But they're just not there yet. David Kaplan, co-host of Cap and J. Hood on ESPN 1000 Chicago on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Cap, the big question I have to ask you, you took me to Chicago cut last time. Boy, what a dinner yep. that was. Where are you taking us this Wednesday night? Where are we going? Where are we going out on town, baby? Okay, so Key and Evan have never been to cut, 
So I thought about taking you guys there again. In fact, the owner of Cod, who you met, my friend David Flom, said, oh, they're coming to town. you got to bring them back in here. So we might go there. If not, I promise you'll have a, the best meal of your lives. I'm cool with going back to Cut. I love Cut. I'm down with it. I mean, I, that's old school time for me, so I'm all, I'm all with the cap. But Key and Evan haven't been, well, and they will Well, that's not entirely true, Cap. Love. I have been, and uh, I would love to go back, as long as you're paying. It's done. I just said I'm taking you guys to dinner. Evan, okay. Evan loves it if you're paying. Loves it. That's good. David Kaplan, host of Cap and Jay he Hood knows, on ESPN He knows 1000. I love a free meal. <laughs> All right, Cap, thanks a million as always. All right, Cap. Have a great day. I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll see you. We'll watch the game. Deal. All right, guys. What are you getting, the tomahawk, Jay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be locked into the game. I mean, the game is that night. So, I mean, they're, they're oh, the game Milwaukee. is Wednesday night? Yeah, they play Milwaukee. I thought That's it was right. Tuesday night. What are you getting, Key? 420, Key. <laughs> Well, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you I had to deal with that all day. That what are you four twenty, Key? That, that tomahawk's tomahawk going to be good. Ooh, is it going to be curly good? fries for me, please. Oh, God. Something about the tomahawk <laughs> is just extra special today. It tastes all the flavors. The first weekend of NBA playoffs, including how the Bulls let one get away and the Warriors' death lineup, part two. That's next. ESPN Radio, ESPN Two. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. We're asking you what move you'd like to see this offseason in the NFL, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. And by the way, Jay, we need uh, callers on our mock draft for tomorrow. Okay. Because um, Jacksonville and Houston, that's going to be callers. They call now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and we'll play what they say tomorrow. We have Daniel Dot from the Detroit Lions, you know, talking about the Detroit Lions at 2, and Alan Hahn and New York Jets at 4. But we need callers for Jacksonville and the Texans at 888-SAY-ESPN right now. Now, without further ado, Jay... You are running the point. Get out of the way, Max. I'm out of the Come way. on, Key. You and I. Pick and roll. Let's run it. Number five. At five. The Bulls let one get away, man. Come on. How do we let one get away? DeMar DeRozan, I can't have you be out there 6 of 25 from the field for 18 points. You, you, you've been in the MVP conversation. You've been clutch for us all year long. 
We need you to be clutch. There's a history of you in the first game of opening playoff rounds where you're not that great. I get it. But that was a game. Giannis in foul trouble in the fourth quarter. We needed you to step up and be the big-time player you were. This is the only thing that worries me about this team, having that extra oomph to get over the hump. And they're talented, but it's not it, Chicago. We still need extra pieces to get there. That's number five. Moving to number four. At four. Ice tray melted. The worst shooting performance of his career against the Miami Heat. I got to apologize to Miami Heat fans. Y'all are real. And when Duncan Robinson is making buckets like that, y'all look different. Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam out of Bayou, PJ. I mean, the, the whole team is just built. And the way they swarmed him, for him to go 1 of 12 from the field, 0 of 7 for, from the three-point line for eight points. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be this way throughout the entire playoffs, but, man, they made Ice Trey look like a little kid out there. And Jimmy Butler was treating him like he was a toddler. I'm just trying to talk to you and tell you the real stuff. Number three. At three. Are we really calling the Warriors' new lineup the death lineup? I've been seeing all these articles posted about it. I walk in the studio this morning at 4.45. I got people say, have you, have, you heard, have you seen a new death lineup? I'm like, no, no. There was one death lineup, and that was Clay, Steph, Iguodala, Green, and Kevin Durant. Like that was, that well, was, the original was Harrison Barnes. I, I know what the original was, but I've seen the real death lineup. So you can tell me what the original was. Dude, let's call this version the PG version. Let's not call it the new death lineup, all right? If you're saying KD no is No excessive the, violence yes, in this one. Yeah. The elite rated R version, if you're calling that the original version, then this is the little kid version, okay? This is the PG version. Still good. Not saying it can't win your championship, but let's not just throw out death lineup like it means what it used to mean. That's number three. Number two. I want Iguodala. He makes all the game-winning buckets. At two. (laughs) Number two, Memphis. Yo, we're already in a must-win situation. Memphis, what the hell is going on? I know that you are the team that's been the consistency of excellence the entire year. Yo, but Minnesota took it to you and snatched your soul. Anthony, Ant-Man, Edwards was that dude with 30-plus points. D'Lo making good assists. Patrick Beverly out there barking. I don't know what Memphis has going on. I know this was the first game of them in the playoffs this year, but this needs to be a wake-up call, and they need to defend home court. It's going to go six or seven. I'm still picking Memphis to win, but they need to win this next game coming up. You can't go back to Minnesota down 0-2. And last but not least. And running point. Marcus Smart making the smart play, man. Marcus Smart, 20 points. Seven rebounds, six assists. Two and a half, three years ago, guys, Marcus Smart would have taken this shot on the kickout from Jalen Brown. After he got both guys up in the air off a head fake, he would have taken that shot. Marcus Smart right now, the leader of this team, makes the right play at the right time, gives the ball up with two seconds left to go in the game. Not five, not four, not three. Two seconds left to go in the game to a basket-cutting Jason Tatum who then spins, avoids the charge, and ends the game with a game-winning layup. The leadership of Marcus Smart, I've talked to all this all year long. If Draymond Green was the horse, he was the engine of the car for the Golden State Warriors, that's exactly who this guy is. And him making the play down the stretch goes to show you how he gets outside of himself and doesn't make the play he would have made three years ago, but makes the game-winning play with his leadership. Yeah, Draymond. Yeah. It, with, go, ahead, go ahead, Key. No, I was just saying, yeah, I'm – uh, nothing, nothing to. Um, 
I mean, I could break down and run the point, but uh, what happened to my man James Harden, Jay? Can't give See, him no key, love? I, I would even give James Harden love. You know who I give love in that game? Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey <laughs> went off. Tyrese yeah, Maxey no, was – I mean, James I mean, James did his thing, but James, James wasn't the primary offensive guy. It was Maxey. Like, Maxey helped ease all that. I think Maxey actually creates an easier runway for James now to do his thing because he's created that lift. But Tyrese Maxey was that dude the entire game, man. The entire game, he was that dude. I'm just saying, based on – I just thought maybe based on coming into the game, all the negative, you know, backlash that James was getting from across the NBA circuit, that I felt like you was going to give him some love, just give him a little lollipop, a little sugar, you know. They got, a, a they got a big three. I hate to say, like I know it's quick to say that about Maxi, but given the his, his the how much he touches the ball, how little he turns it over, how well he scores, how how up he seems to be for the big moment, like they're functioning. At least Maxi is functioning like a member of a big three. If he becomes that consistently, and I, I mean, look, he's had a hell of a year too, right? But I mean, he had thirty eight guys. He was knocking shots down from Steph Curry range, and you could just tell he was feeling it offensively that relieves so much pressure from James Harden to have to be that player sounds, for them sounds crazy but to me they got a chance to win the whole yes, thing because of Maxi. yes they do yeah all right look you mentioned uh Draymond Green mm-hmm. and Marcus Smart and how he's a, but you know who else Draymond Green makes me think of Al Horford also on the Celtics, right? Like a guy who, because Draymond was like the new type of death lineup, small ball guy. Horford was like, I can do some of those things. You can bring the ball up if you need him to. Plus, I can defend in the post. I can block shots, shoot threes, all that stuff, right? Al Horford talked about Marcus Smart's growth, Jay. Listen to this. Um, huge, um, especially from the, even from the beginning of this year to this point. I'm taking back... Um, you know, Jalen bringing the ball up the floor um, and and making the right play, you know, understanding that he didn't have a lane, found Marcus, Marcus didn't freak out, didn't settle, and uh, and made a play happen there. Look, man, I mean, the, the, the growth from him, watching him in college where he got into a fight with fans and, you know, that became a really big thing, has just been tremendous, his leadership, because – Look, he called for an in-locker room meeting earlier this year because they were dreadful. And I'll tell you, Jalen Brown has a tweet literally at the beginning of January where he came out and said the energy is about to shift. And it literally came after a little bit of time after Marcus Smart and his team had this meeting about priorities and leadership. And since that point, man, they have been the team to beat in the NBA, like them in the – them, Miami, I know Miami's always been a team to beat Phoenix, but Boston has been one of the hottest teams in the league because of his leadership and the way they defended. They look like they operate, they function like the best team in basketball for a lot of this year. And then, but unlike some other teams that you can point to and say, yeah, but do, you, do I really believe in them? They have a guy in Jason Tatum who's upper end talent. You're like, yeah, they got all that. And that dude could be the best player on a championship team. And as you said, he showed it last night. And, Key, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm keeping track of all this. We talked about last week, how does Jason Tatum get a seat at the table to be with the elite of the elites? And I'm talking about the LeBron Jameses, the Kevin Durants, the Giannis's, the Steph. And He's doing on what his you way did to, last night. Yeah, he, he took the first step last night. He got one win. He outplayed Kevin Durant. And, by the way, he guarded Kevin Durant. Like, they're guarding each other. And 
KD, if it was the physicality of the game, Grant Williams did a hell of a job on him, raking the ball, forcing him, you know, to drive, to finish through contact. Like, they made life difficult for KD. I'm not saying they can do it consistently, but they sure as hell got the first knock last night. Well, I think when game two, Kevin will come back different. Um, you know, he only had 23 points, four boards. He shot 38% from the field. You can't, you know, you can't have that happen, you know? Yeah, and, and Tatum reminds there were there was a corner that KD turned. He's always been great, of course, but there was a corner he turned. I thought, where and it was before obviously the Achilles on the Warriors, where it's like, oh wait a minute, KD's going to defend like that and pass like that. Good luck, world, right? Like good yeah. luck, Tatum. He he seems the way he moves the ball now. I just never think of him that way. I think of him as this incredible scorer, right? Carmelo Anthony, 2.0. But the way he moves the ball allows him to be in an offense that flows. It's like He's playing at a ridiculous level. And let me give you a little inside basketball trick here because this is how you look at a box score, right? So watch, this, watch the game, look at the box score afterwards, and somebody as a fan or you know, people who give you hot takes will be like, well, you know, KD had 23 points, and it wasn't that – he had an okay game, but he had 23 points on 24 shots. Unlike right? KD. So that's how – that's the best you can do with KD. You limit him to a point per shot. So he's taking more shots and, and 24 shots. That's what you want. It's just That's unlike him. him. That, is, that is not a KD-like box score. But, Key, you know what, though? The physicality of the game, it was the first. And I'm not saying it's going to happen again, but I don't know. It could. Where I kind of felt I was like, man, KD doesn't – KD looks out of himself. Like, he doesn't yeah, look I mean, like KD. Some, you, know, you know how it is, Jay. That's one game, right? I, I, That's an outlier. That's one game. And yeah, I don't, I don't think know. that it's going to carry over Key? into game two. I just He's too great of a player to play the way that he played yesterday. He's just too great of a player. I would agree, but I'm trying to – everybody on Boston is long, tall, and athletic. And that's Jalen And busy Brown, with their hands. Jaylen, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams. It does feel like physically they are built – to get up underneath KD, which the physicality of the game, when you get up underneath him, like then he has to take you to the post. And like I, I'm just saying, it, it's a, it's a, this is one of the best matchups I've seen in a while against KD. What with if, the amount of people that can match up well, versus Let him. me ask you something. How much of that is what you're saying? And because the Celtics are, are busy with their hands, they're physical, they're long, the whole thing. And how much of it is coaching? Like Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, you saw it on the last play. That is a well-orchestrated team, right? Idoku's done a great job. Whereas when you watch the Nets, and Jay, we've seen a Nets game together this year, it just looks like some very talented players. It doesn't look like, ooh, that's an exceptionally well-coached team. Everyone's where they should be, right? It just looks like some guys who know how to play basketball, and maybe that's not putting KD in the best position compared to Jason Tatum, who's also being put in a great position. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, the Nets, when you watch, it feels like you're watching pick, pick up basketball, right? Yes. It's your turn, my turn. Your turn, my turn. You, even the last possession, your turn. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyrie. Go, uh, KD was just standing on the perimeter. KD didn't move. I think about the dichotomy between the two teams and how they're orchestrated offensively. Is it a coaching the mismatch? Last play, it's been a coaching, a coaching mismatch. Like, they didn't even – LaMarcus Aldridge, Aldridge – and Blake Griffin got DMPs, did not play. You're not even using him for body's sake to spell some minutes. So when you're using that, your turn, my turn, and you go. And then the last play, Marcus Smart gets guys up an error, and Jason Tatum cuts towards the basket. That's more fundamentally how a team is built on how they're taught to play.
Interesting. What if you swapped coaches? How would this series look? Interesting. Mm. Key, by the way, has a the perfect teammate for a former MVP. Who could it be? Look around this league. There aren't 32 quarterbacks better than Baker Mayfield. And I think teams are going to want him. I think Seattle looks like a place that might end up getting him. And I think the Browns want to get rid of him. So he'll be cheap to acquire. Welcome to the NFL. A little bit. And he even said it himself. He finally got a taste of it. Listen, the NFL lies all the time. No, I feel disrespected 100%. Because I was told one thing and they completed another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Key's a USC buddy, Matt Castle, he's a regular on the show, although not recently, suggested the following on Twitter, and it's a great topic, I think. (laughs) Key, Matt asked, what off-season move do you still want to see happen? All right? I was just looking at the highlights. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, what off-season move would you like to see happen? I want to see Baker Mayfield land a job. I would love to see him go to the Steelers. Now, I I know, obviously, the Steelers have their eyes on Malik Willis, and we'll see what happens in the draft. But if Cleveland ends up cutting him to go to Pittsburgh, where he'll have a chance to kind of recreate the image around him under Mike Tomlin and the way that defense plays – you know, considering I'm not sure if Mitchell Trubisky is the answer or not, I would love to see happen. Hmm. I, I think it would be a great story. That would be interesting. Just me. Be be a really good story. I, I don't know if that will happen, though. Yeah, Very different yeah, kind of quarterback than Trubisky. Yeah, like that. yeah Mike's looking for more – Some he's looking for a quarterback that can move around. Baker ain't – you know, he ain't nah, – he can't move. Not They just got rid of that guy when he retired. You know, and Big Ben, I don't think they're looking for that in this today's NFL – that's why Malik Willis is interesting draft prospect for Pittsburgh, and they got Mitch Trubisky. But if I had but this to look is at my story, I would like to see happen. Key, don't don't poo poo my. I, that's, I want to see. Yeah, something I've heard good of a happen. change of pace. I've heard of a change of pace you back, know? but usually they mean a running back, not a quarterback. <laughs> this is a change of pace quarterback. You know? it, yeah, I'm not poo pooing it. I just. <laughs> You know, it just didn't sound right, so to speak, there. But I get it. Baker or Mike Tomlin, yeah, it don't sound right. It's your off-season NFL move, and mine is D.K. Metcalf. Let's trade him to Baltimore. Let's get him over there with a a, a potential uh, Hall of Fame quarterback in Lamar Jackson who's already won an MVP. Here's a guy who just needs to get an alpha dog at the receiver position. Hollywood Brown is great. There's no question about it. Uh, Rashad Bateman is young, but if they could somehow bamboozle Seattle into making that deal happen, they should they they should really try to go for it. Now, yeah. if Baker goes to Seattle, I wouldn't do it if I'm Seattle. But if they don't land Baker, they should move him to Baltimore. That's a move that I would like to see in the offseason. Yeah, Hollywood Brown is great. I'm no question about. It. I don't know, key like he's he has, he serves a certain function, but I'm with you on that because I want you know like. <laughs> Jerry Jones is doing a great job of finding out about Dak Prescott. We're giving you everything. Okay, is it the coach? It's the coach. Let's get him another coach. Okay, maybe may the coach again. We're going to figure out if this is, you know, we're going to make give him everything he needs. They have not done that for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's never had a real alpha receiver. He just hasn't. And no, they I, keep, like, piecemealing it together yeah, for him yeah. instead of just giving him that, that dog that can go out there and do the things that big dogs can do. Um, that would be a lot of speed on the field between him and Hollywood Brown, though. D.K. Metcalf, Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson, 
You talk about the Miami Dolphins. I would like to see them in a track meet. Every time we talk and I hear Lamar Jackson's name, it always makes me think about, damn, this dude doesn't have a stud wide receiver first option. Ever. We, Never ever. has had it. Won but an yet, MVP. But, yeah, we're talking about him getting paid more and more and more money every time every time a new quarterback signs a new deal. It would like, be. Think a, about that. Yeah, because he's what? out there doing everything. It's crazy. He's LeBron. He's LeBron James for them, man. Yeah, He's it would be like a, a modern-day Al Davis type of team, right? We're just going to get guys who are physically better than you at every position, and let's see what happens. Lamar has not had – like, he's done all of this without a dynamic number one receiver, as, as Keith he, he's, said. He's like LeBron in Cleveland minus Kyrie Irving. Yeah, no, that's what, like that's what it is. It's like LeBron James is just he – doing, he's doing everything, right? and – you got to pay him. Why wouldn't you pay him? So let me tell you what I want to see, all right? Sure. I want my Giants to trade back in the first round, or else they got a package to go up to get it. I want three picks in the first round, okay? Because whatever you get, you need a tackle, get an offensive tackle, and then with one of your first two picks, I get it. And with the other one, you got it. Look, if, 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 if Sauce is there, if there's some special player, you think he's a special Thibodeau. player. May, may, I'm not – Key's talking me out of Thibodeau. But, but, <laughs> but the point is, like, a, a pass rusher, a corner, some premium position you think you got, great. And then you need an offensive tackle. But I want more. I'm greedy. Linderbaum. He's has, already with the Jets. Is the, I know. Everyone's got him going to the Jets. The highest grade out of college for a center ever by PFF. Like, I, that's a – Eight years from now, that guy's going to be an all-pro center. I want that guy. I don't care if the position's not premium. I want that guy. Trade back Giants and go get a, a go lock down a spot on the offensive line. Surefire because you got another offensive lineman two in that and you already got Andrew Thomas. All of a sudden, the Giants go from a weakness to a strength on the offensive line. And guys, absent a great quarterback already, you're gonna you're gonna start to turn around the offense just on the basis of that line. So that's what I would do. Do you think the offense starts to turn around off the basis of that line? I would say my basic philosophy for team building, unless there's a guy like Micah Parsons, like, oh, just get this guy. I don't care what your, what your strategy is. Grab him. Unless it's that, if I don't have a quarterback, I'm going to start to build the, the yeah, architecture. The I'll worry about the furniture later. Give me that offensive line. So operative word, start to yes. build. Okay. Yes. Not happening in year one, which means Daniel Jones – no, I yeah, mean, like, yeah. do we really think Daniel Jones is that's the a, answer? That's, well, I mean, it's a hot topic. Yeah. I mean, an offensive line, though, can make him look Giants. better than he is, and then all of a sudden he's got a little value for you, you know, maybe. Key mentioned uh, DK Metcalf. From Adam Schefter this morning, folks, speaking of wide receivers, second-round picks that include wide receiver Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown and third-round pick Terry McLaurin are not expected to participate in their team's on-field off-season programs because they want new contracts. <laughs> At a time this off-season when wide receiver deals have exploded. Guys, the wide-out market has exploded <laughs> per league sources. Yeah, Key, you are, you are very amused. Yeah, because they... They like I ain't coming here. Give me my damn money. It's just funny. It's funny, boy. They say, uh, uh-uh, I ain't coming in to y'all. Give me my money. Things were all people good. don't really under people don't really understand that though. Yeah. They like think that guys are being selfish or whatnot. It's like, no, nah, man, you gotta pay these dudes. They go out there and twist their ankle or mm-hmm. do something. Y'all not gonna pay them then. Yeah, I mean, I understand there are guaranteed contracts in the league, but we know what we mean. Not like in baseball and basketball. 
the NFL doesn't want that to happen. I mean, that's, you, that, that's the deal you make with the devil. You, you don't want your guaranteed contracts the same way. Guess what guys are going to do? By the way, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. What move would you like to see this offseason? S- Steve in Philly, what do you want to see? Uh, with the draft coming up, Ravens always going after a receiver. Instead of doing that, let's get DK Metcalf in Baltimore. Big, strong guy. Good for run blocking. And he could be a burner down the side of the field opposite Marquise Brown. Beautiful. Mm. Key, that's a, uh, that's a good point. Like, one of the things you hear, well, why don't the Ravens go out and get a, a number one alpha dog receiver and say, well, that's not exactly the type of offense they run because they need specific things. But I don't see anything the Ravens do that DK Metcalf couldn't do, right? I mean, that dude, a big old, ooh, I just saw him <laughs> blow past somebody. Big old strong dude, man. He just runs strong. Fast, nice hands, good 50-50 ball guy. Coming into the lead, they, you know, people in Seattle questioned when they had him his rookie year, the 50-50 balls, but he's turned that completely around. He goes up now, high points him and gets him. Look, I don't think Seattle, me personally, is going to give up on him, but it's worth the ask. I mean, his name is floating out there for a reason. When there's smoke, there's been a bunch of smoke. The one move Dan Orlovsky wants to see, plus why one quarterback in next week's draft, reminds him of Josh Allen. Boy, if you squint hard enough, then you need a quarterback. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Dan Orlovsky is with us now. Dan, the NFL draft is next Thursday, and you're coming in hot on Malik Willis. Could go every year. It's like, oh, this is not the year for quarterbacks. None in the first, none in the top ten, and then all of a sudden, we got like eleven guys who were supposed to go in the first round. What have you seen from from Malik Willis? Uh, what are your thoughts, on Malik wait, Willis? Wait, wait, Dan. Before you answer, I just want you to know, I was uh, six p.m. I was outside Westport Parks. You That's were a lie. Be, you were nowhere to be found. That's a lie. My it's daughter national, and I were outside. National radio, you're lying. No, 6 p.m., waiting for you. Nowhere to be found. It was like crickets. At, I just want you to know. Compo Beach? Yes, yes, Compo Beach. I was there, outside. Wednesday night? When, Friday, after you came on. You came on our show. You challenged me. 
I wasn't on Friday. I didn't work Friday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Jay can't even lie straight up. I know. I try to man. keep it. I was like, what day man. was it? Ooh. <laughs> you know who those dude guys are. Oh, I saw your tweet about the Easter Bunny's got to be less than five foot seven as yeah, well. Man. You know, can't. just. I thought it would be custom made for your size then. No, I'm 6'2". Six, I'm 6'2". Six six <laughs> Go ahead. I'm 6'2". Go ahead. You got On it. On to Max's Ooh. question. Um, it was about Malik Willis. Here, here's where I am with Malik Willis, Max. I think there's three things that stand out about his game that kind of separate him from anybody else in this draft class. Number one, powerful grace. He's, he's this big, powerful athlete, but he's not just that. There's a grace to his game as well. That, that combination makes him very different than everybody else. I think the second thing is he was forced to play at a really high level, almost that above the X's and O's kind of carrier football team because – and I'm not taking a shot at it. There, there just wasn't a, a tremendous amount of talent that was around him, and they were very much so reliant on his ability to go make plays. He was forced to kind of – have to have that mindset on a consistent basis. And that's something that's really appealing nowadays at the quarterback position. And then I think the third thing is all the questions that are attached to him are the same questions or most of them attached to what they were about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Oh, he's got, you know, accuracy issues. How? Watch the game. Is he perfect? No. But these these, uh, overwhelming accuracy issues – are the same things that people were saying about Josh Allen. And that in that moment, I was like, with Josh, no, they don't. He completed 58% of his passes. Well, he had three drops that game. If they didn't have those three drops, the, the completion percentage would have gone to 63 guys. So I think that's he's one of those guys that it's so important to evaluate kind of the ability to play rather than the end product. But, Dan, I, I just want to follow up on that quickly. Um, that I hear you on Josh Allen, and these are all projections, but Josh Allen to me is the most optimistic projection because not only did he have the raw stuff, but like it's the perfect success story. Went to the right place, had the internal drive to do it, plus the external teaching around him, right? So he goes from rookie... Where, what he was, second year, he was twice as good. Third year, he yep. was twice as good again. Yep. Wouldn't, like, Malik Willis, maybe he has the same stuff, but what are the odds that, that, that he follows that trajectory? It's rare in the NFL. You know, there's a reason why quarterbacks that go in the first round fail so quickly and, and so much, and it's a combination of their own, you know, prob- problems and also the organizations. I have said this about Malik Willis, and it's very similar to the situation for Josh Allen. He needs two things. Number one, he needs to be drafted by a team that has a starting quarterback. Hey, this, this guy's good enough to start. He's good enough for us to win some games with. Josh had that with Tyrod Taylor. And then the second thing is he needs a coach that does not have to win this season or he's going to get fired. And Josh had that with Sean McDermott, and I think Malik Willis needs that because then there's not going to be this pressure to force him on the field. I don't believe in the this guy's not ready or is, he is ready conversation about quarterbacks. I believe in does he have skills, talents, and traits that are going to allow him to go survive kind of in the NFL right now. He's not there yet. We don't know what Malik Willis is like off the field. I don't know what he's like at 6 o'clock in the morning, his leadership in the locker room. I'm not privy to that information in a, in a deep level. That's why these conversations and the, the time that these teams spend with these players is such a big deal. But I think the ideal situation for him is either Pittsburgh at 20 or Atlanta at 8. 
Both of those teams have quarterbacks that they can start and they can win some games with. And then both of those teams do not have coaches that, if they have a struggling season, are going to be fired. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh is a perfect spot for him, Dan. You you talked about quarterback and Mitch Trubisky, who you could call a bridge guy, whatever it is. But you got a head coach that is not going to be fired. And you got right. a team that's set up for success. They got a few right. toys to play with on the, in the backfield with Harris on the perimeter at the wide receiver position. And you know that they are all in and committed to trying to win. That's a, that's a perfect situation. Atlanta, yeah, I, I, Atlanta's okay, but I think Marcus Mariota still has some, some game left in him, and Arthur Smith is going to surely give him an opportunity and a chance to be the starter. Yeah, and I think for Pittsburgh, Key, like, if we look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, first of all, one of the best head coaches in, in the NFL. They've got one of the best young tailbacks in the NFL. They've got one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. They've got two really good young and up-and-coming up receivers in Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Their tight end being Pat Firemuth. You, you mentioned Najee Harris at tailback. So there's a plethora of kind of people, you know, that go on the journey with the quarterback, the weapons that you could sit there and say, all right, we could take Malik Willis and he could be one of the foundation points for us really in 2023 moving forward. The only thing I say about Atlanta Key, and this is why, is if you believe that if you can get Malik Willis to play at a 9 out of 10, like you can get him to reach his absolute highest, then you kind of expedite your rebuild. You know, they're taking the dead cap with Matt Ryan trading all that, and everyone says, well, wait till next year with the quarterback class. I agree that the quarterback class in college football coming out next year has the opportunity to be really good, but I don't know where Atlanta's going to be next year. I don't know what their draft situation's going to be. Those quarterbacks might go one, two, three coming out of college. So if you think Malik Willis has got a chance to be a very, very good player, and if you believe that you've got the structure there and the patience there to kind of build him up and not force his necessity on the field, and you like him, then I think it's, it's, it's a, he's a guy that's talented enough that you believe worth taking. That is Dan Orlovsky, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you as always, Dan. 6 p.m. today? Biggest. <clears throat> the biggest takeaway I got from baseball today. Biggest nah, story NBA. of the NBA weekend, guys, coming up. James Harden or Tyrese <laughs> Maxey? Jason Tatum <laughs> versus KD, or is it Kyrie versus the fans? A lot to choose from. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast.